the word so that there's a continual. I, you know, I, I ran out of gas just a couple of times before I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson. I'm not driving around on quarter of a tank anymore. You know, it was during those days that I would stop and put $5 in. I would put $5 in. And, and whatever $5 would get me. And so I was always stopping and putting $5 in because I was never on full. And then you run out of gas a couple of times. You're like, oh, that's why we fill it up. And then we just maintain. If we see it getting down, if we see it get down, ooh, half a tank, we got to stop. We are not going to park this in the driveway, in the garage, on, on empty, uh, showing how many miles before empty. Let's not even, let's not even flirt with disaster. Let's not, even, let's not even try to see, okay, it says I got four miles till empty. Just fill it up. Just bring your faith to fill it up. And the same is with the word. We don't want to live on, on faith fumes. With the red light coming on in the heart, empty, empty, empty. Oh, well, praise the Lord. I've got faith. I believe God. Saying I believe God and having the faith to back up that declaration. You, if you're in the storm like Paul was in, you better, you better know you believe God. Because lives are depending on it. <laughs> Amen? So, so we want to recognize the, the step cannot be skipped. You know, when Brother Hagen would teach on the uh, seven steps to answered prayer, the first step is go find in the Word where that promise is answered to you because it's, it's talking about the prayer of faith, the prayer petition. He says, go to the Word and find the, the Scripture that promises you that thing. And then step number two is meditate on that Scripture until faith comes. Don't pray it yet. And he said he, he developed that teaching because people wanted just to come and grab a verse and say, Oh, Lord, I believe it. I believe I have it. And they haven't fed on it. They haven't meditated on it. They haven't spent time with that scripture, getting it in their heart and letting it go through the process of combustion, as I would say, to, to produce faith. They just want to grab the scripture off the page and start saying it's mine. And there was a lot of faith failures happening because people weren't, they were skipping the step of attending to the word. They were missing that element. And they would say, well, I believe God. I did. I found the scripture and I declared it. And I, I, I believe I received it when I prayed. And did you spend time to get faith out of that scripture? You know, if, if you just put the food in your mouth and don't chew it, you don't get as much out of it. If you'll chew it, the, the purpose of chewing is for the, the saliva in your mouth to help break down and process the nutrition in the food. 
And so we can't grab the scripture and put it in our mouth and spit it out because it hadn't got in the heart yet. We got to get it in the heart and get the nutrition of the scripture operating in our spiritual veins so that when we open up our mouth out of the abundance of the heart, that's what we want. We don't want to open the mouth with a half heart, half full heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, Matthew 12 says. Out of the abundance of the heart. So I'm, I'm aiming for abundance in the heart. Abundance of the word. How do I get it? Attending to the word. And then I will have a strong spirit that will sustain me in times of trouble. Okay. Mark 4. We know it, but what do we, what do, we do with scriptures we know? That's one of my favorite scriptures. I know it so much, I love it. <laughs> I, I, this, this scripture, I get so much out of this scripture every time I read it. Just go ahead and say that. I get so much out of this scripture every time I read it. Mark 4, let's, look at, let's just go ahead and read from verse 1, the parable first, and then the explanation of the parable. Jesus he began to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship, sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them in his doctrine. So what's in the parable? His doctrine. Doctrine is teaching. It's a teaching tool. Verse 3. Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up, and some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said unto them, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery. The mystery. There's a mystery contained in the parable. Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. Well, the parable isn't to, to hide it, it's to implant it. If you want to give a dog medicine, put it in cheese. We're not trying to keep the medicine from the dog, we're trying to get it in the dog. So let's give him the cheese that's got the medicine hidden in it. Let's give him the parable that's got the truth hidden in it. And when they come to a place of revelation, they'll say... I get it. I get it. Do you remember the commercial? I could have had a V8. Right? All of a sudden, oh, there's vegetables in that V8 juice. I could have been getting my vegetables and my vitamins and my iron if I, I could have had a V8. 
right? They'll look and they'll say, oh, now I understand. I get it. Why? Because the story contains it. They've got the story. They've kept the story in their heart. When they come to a place of spiritual maturity to be able to understand, they can unlock the mystery. So Jesus said in verse 12, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. He just gave us a pattern. He said, this is how, this is how things change. Hearing and seeing brings understanding. These people aren't in a place yet to see or hear or understand, and that's why they can't get what I'm saying. That's why they can't get from God. He said, if you could see and you could hear, isn't that what happens when we attend to the words, incline your ear to hear, keep them in front of your eyes? Why? Because I want the understanding in my heart. If they could see and hear, then they could understand and they would be converted. That word is also saved. They would be saved. And you know, saved is an all-inclusive word that, that even reaches out and takes restoration. So how do I get restoration? I need to see, I need to hear so I can understand so God can restore me. How do I get delivered? I see, I hear, I understand, and I, and I can be converted. I can be saved. I can be delivered. Hallelujah. So that's the key. That's what he was saying. That's how it comes. Seeing and hearing brings understanding. And so I'm putting it in a parable so that if their eyes ever get open and their ears ever, they'll be able to say, now I get it. Verse 13. And he said unto them, know ye not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? How will you know all of my other parables if you don't get this one? Why? Because this is the key. This is the master key that will open up every other thing that I teach you about the kingdom of God. This is the master key. And then he begins to explain the, the understanding of this parable. The sower sows the word. The word is the seed... In every ground, the ground that didn't produce and the ground that did produce, it's the same word. It's not the sower or the seed that fails in bringing forth a harvest. It's the condition of the ground that affects or determines what the harvest is or if there is a harvest. He said the sower sows the word and now we're going to find out how the word is sown. Verse 15, these are they which are by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard. Oh, that's how we sow the word. Hearing, voice activated. How is the word sown? How did the sower sow the word? He spoke it. He or she spoke the word. The sower speaks the word. And you don't, again, you don't have to wait for somebody else to preach that scripture for you to pull it out of the Bible and speak it yourself. The sower sows the word and it's received into the heart when it's heard. What's the gate into the heart? Ear gate, eye gate. When it is heard, it is sown. But Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that is sown in your heart. Well, 
let me help you. He doesn't have to get away with that. Back up and look at Matthew and his, in Matthew's version of this same explanation, we have a little more clarity about this. Matthew 13, and look at verse 19. The same explanation, but Matthew points something out that is not pointed out in Mark. Matthew 13, 19, when anyone hears the word, so again, that's how the word is sown, by hearing. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which is sown in his heart. That is the seed by the wayside. So the understanding is the component that determines whether I hold that word in my possession you remember? Guard your heart. They are life unto those that hold them in possession. The words are life unto those that acquire them and attain them and hold them in possession. I, I don't want to let the enemy come and steal it because I don't get it. I illegally passed algebra. I slept through algebra. I should not have even gotten the D minus that I got. When the first day that she began saying A plus B, she lost me. She, the, the girl lost me because I, I, am a, I am an English major. I'm all in with spelling, English, Sentence structure, I have no problem with that. But why have you got the alphabet on the board in math class? This is math. There should be numbers on that board. Why do you have, and you want me to, how am I supposed to know what, a, what, what that missing number is supposed to be? All you got up there is letters. And you want me to give you a number for an answer? Are you crazy? So for the rest of the year, she might as well have been Charlie Brown's teacher. Because that's about all I got out of it. And I didn't even try to understand. I was just offended about the letters on the board, so I shut down. But when my teenagers came home and threw their algebra book on the table and said, I'm failing algebra, give me the book. Give me the book. And I prayed in the Holy Ghost. Jesus, you got to help me because this child has to make it through this year. And so I went through the problems and I read the instructions. Wouldn't this have been so much easier if I had done that in seventh grade, right? I read the instructions and said, oh, this is how you do it. And got the right answer. I was so pleased with myself. I did this algebra problem and even taught my child how to do this algebra problem. I was so excited. I just wanted a medal or something. I want somebody to celebrate me. I have, I have finally, at 30 some odd years old, you know, mastered algebra because I was able to help my, you know, algebra one student. I was excited. 
What was the difference? My attention. What was the difference in my understanding or not understanding? The attention I gave it. Those who don't understand, it's because it's, it's a lack of attention. If we'll attend to the word, the enemy won't be able to steal it. So the word by the wayside is, is uh, easily stolen because of a lack of attention to it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse 16. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, again, that's how the word is sown, they've heard the word, immediately they receive it with gladness. They're so excited. Woo! Praise the Lord. Out of debt my needs are met. I'm more than a conqueror, overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. Woo! But they have no root in themselves. What does it take for a, a, a plant to develop the root system? That plant has to be able to reach down into the water supply. It says they have no root in themselves. Why? They're on stony ground. So if you, if you have, let's say, uh, the sidewalk has sunk down in the dirt and some of the rain has washed the dirt over it and so you've got about an inch of, of dirt on top of the cement and seeds get blown over onto it and it may start to grow but when the sun comes out it has nowhere to dig in and get any water supply it's going to dry up and that's what he's referring to here and he says in verse 17 they have no root in themselves they endure but for a time afterward when affliction or persecution arises for the words sake why is the why is the trouble coming for the word it's coming after the word it doesn't want the word to get any root it doesn't want the word to have any productivity so the trouble the enemy used a lack of understanding a, a lack of a, uh, understanding in the first soil in the second soil he uses the trouble and gets people offended can can we talk about John the Baptist for just a minute just a minute. I don't even know what time it is, but y'all just track with me here. We're going somewhere. Do you know that John the Baptist received from God supernaturally? He, he said, the one who sent me to baptize told me upon whom I see the Spirit of God descend and remain, that's the Messiah. And I declare to you today that I have seen the Spirit of God come upon him and he is the Christ. The one who sent me to baptize, a revelation from heaven, supernaturally, he knew and saw the Holy Spirit descend upon Jesus. But trouble came. And he got thrown into prison and they are going to, uh, we know he got his head cut off. In prison, he calls his disciples and says, I want you to go ask him. Is he the one? Is he the one? And Jesus said, go tell John. The blind are seeing. The lame are walking. The poor are having the gospel preached, which are the signs of the Messiah. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to the opening of eyes, uh, to them that are blind, setting at, at liberty those who are bruised, uh, uh, the, uh, the captives. He, he said, go tell him that all of the evidence is here and, and, and tell him, blessed are those who are not offended in me. Offense caused him to lose what he received by revelation of God. Divine revelation, he lost it. And now he's wondering, is he the one? That's, that's why we don't play with offense. Forgive, 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 forgive. The offense is coming to make the hard heart so the word can't grow. The trouble, the persecution, it's not about you. It's about the word in you. These are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. Again, the word is sown when I hear it. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. Not riches, the deceitfulness of riches. The lust of other things entering in, choke the word. Choke the word. So the word is at a further place in its development. But now it gets choked out by the thorns that include Worry, worry is contraband. Don't get caught with it. Don't get caught with it. Don't take any thought by saying, what are we going to do? How are we going to make it? What are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? Don't take those thoughts. He says, the, the thorns choked the word and the word became unfruitful. What does the devil come to do? John 10, 10, what does the devil come to do? Steal, kill. What was the wayside soil? He stole it. What was the other? He, he killed it. He destroyed this with thorns. That's what he's after. He's after the word. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Not just your life, but the word of God. If he can keep the word from growing, he can keep you from overcoming. If he can keep the word from growing, he can keep your finances in a fix. If he can keep your, the word from growing, he can keep your, the marriage on the rocks. If he can keep the word from growing, he can stop God's progress. But he can't stop the word if you'll be a maintenance uh, keeper over your heart. Look at the third ground. These are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it. There's that word, to take it, to acknowledge it as your own. Let me give you this definition from the Strong's Concordance. To admit as in a court with evidence. The word receive. Hear the word and receive it. I take it, I acknowledge it, I present it as my evidence. That's one of the definitions from the Strong's Concordance. To admit as in a court with evidence with approval. Uh, Your Honor, I would like to submit this document for my case. 
Is that how they do it? They go into, they, they, they offer it to the, the, the judge and they say, would you admit this to my case? And the judge says, let it be put on record that we submit this document into the case for the defense of, and, and it is now a legal part of that. That's what you do with the word. I hear the word and now I have it is my legal defense. I have evidence that I can bring and I can place uh, in defense of what I'm believing for. Yes, that belongs to me because this scripture says, by his stripes I am healed. So, so yes, this belongs to me. I've received it and I have it on record. Hallelujah. They hear the word. They take the word. They receive it. In the original language, this word is the same word that Jesus uses in Mark chapter 11 when he says that we would, um, uh, when you believe that you receive it. Believe that you receive and you shall have. And it is a compound word in the original language. And it, the first part of the word means to come mightily upon. And the second part of the word means to dominate or to subjugate. And so when the football is on the field and somebody fumbles it, somebody drops it, it slips out of their hands, and, and all of the players on the field run and jump on the ball, what are they doing? They are receiving it. They are dominating it. They are subjugating it, and they're coming on it with all their force. That's what we do with the word. That's, that's what makes us good ground, receivers, is when we, we see the word, we're like, it's open, it's open, and here we come, and we run, and we jump on it. And it goes, wow, that's mine. And they're peeling people off of me, but I got it in my hands, y'all. I got it. I'm going to come out. It's our play. It's our play. That's all I know about football. So That's the, uh, the only example y'all are going to get from me about football. My son played soccer. I had to learn about soccer rules. You know, like, I was excited. I was like, wow, and they're like, Offsides. What do you mean offsides? He's out there. He's about to make a goal. Offsides. So, yeah, that, that's all I learned. So, okay, praise God. Receive the word. Receive the word. Subjugate it. Dominate it. Take it for your own. That's my promise. That belongs to me. I'm pulling it into my possession. I'm going to hold it in my possession. Receive it. They hear it. They receive it. And they maintain that possession of it until it brings forth fruit. What happened to the others? It was stolen. It was killed. It was destroyed because of the condition of the heart. The first heart condition was wayside soil. The second heart condition was stony ground. The third heart condition was thorns. And you, you, you can pull all the thorns out of your life. You can get all the stones out of your ground. And you can stay with it until you get the understanding so the enemy can't steal it from you. You are not victim to any of those heart conditions. Your heart is prepared to receive the word and to bring forth the fruit of the word of God. But there's going to require some time in the word for that to happen. Amen? Glory to God. Glory to God. With that, I'm going to 
press pause, and the next time I'm with you, we'll come back and, and deal with that again. I think we'll, we might deal with that next Sunday. But we're going to learn how to mix faith with the word. Amen? Praise God. Let's stand to our feet.